The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, TNA Hall of Famer, and the greatest tag team wrestler of all time, Bully Ray and I talk about AEW Dynamite from last night, that main event between Moxley and Lance Archer, and Lance Archer, your new IWGP United States Champion. And speaking of champions, we talked to former WWE Women's Champion and TNA Hall of Famer Gail Kim right now on the Busted Open Podcast. We got to get into AEW Dynamite from last night. And once again, fun show. I mean, you know, and, and that Garland, Texas crowd was definitely a, a rowdy crowd as well. Always go back to what you said, uh, October of 2019, when AEW Dynamite debuted on TNT. Uh, the crowd can make a show, and there were times last night where the crowd made the show. Dave, have you ever heard the term uh, easy on the eyes? Like if you're yes. referring to a girl and she's really pretty and you say, wow, she's really easy on the eyes, as if you could look at her all day long because she's pleasant to look at. Last night's show was easy on the eyes, and it was easy on the ears. What a fun show. And that crowd was alive, live. Intensity in 10 cities. They were alive one and alive two. They carried that show. Not that the, not that the, the in-ring performances weren't good last night, but that crowd, I'm sitting there and I'm saying to myself, if I'm a fan watching AEW for the first time and I see this type of interaction, I see this type of energy, I'm saying to my, I'm like, I want to go to this. I want to be yeah. a part of this. This looks like so much fun. Yes, the, the SmackDown last week, uh, live crowd, great. Money in the Bank, live crowd, raw, live crowd, good. But the live crowds at WWE and AEW are two different live crowds. <clears throat> I believe the WWE live crowd is a more reserved live crowd, while the AEW fan just wants a rock and roll all night and party every day kind of live crowd. They're there to be a part of the show. 
We always talk about how the fans were so important to ECW. Maybe the most important aspect of ECW was the fans and their interaction with the wrestlers and the show uh, in large. Same thing about AEW. Very infectious vibe on that show last night. Makes you want to be there and buy a ticket. And and I'm very interested what's going to happen over these next two months because Bully, next week they're in, they're in Charlotte, North Carolina. Big wrestling area. So I'm interested to see and hear what the crowd is like in Charlotte. Uh, then they go back to Jacksonville, which is their home. And like uh, Tony Schiavone said, that's going to be the last time they're in Jacksonville for a while. And then they're going to be in Pittsburgh in August, which obviously Britt Baker's home. And then in September, it's going to be... New York and New Jersey. So this should be a fun time for AEW fans. All strong wrestling cities. Every single one of them. If I'm an AEW fan, hell, if I'm a pro wrestling fan, period, and I'm living in one of those cities, I want to go and buy a ticket. Why wouldn't you? Just Just try it out. It's a good time. At least that's what it looks like on TV. I mean, Dave, last night from uh, from the opening match to the main event, you had people on their feet um, for a majority of the time buying into false finishes, buying into run-ins, buying into, you know, matches in their entirety. <clears throat> uh, I, I don't know how much more I could put over the entire show last night. We're going to break down match by match. There were some little things that I would have liked to have seen done differently or a change to, to maximize the potential, especially in the main event. The way they went off the air last night, whatever you're ready to get into it, I'll talk about it. The way they went off the air, I think they missed uh, an opportunity. Maybe not missed an opportunity, <clears throat> but they missed a way to do something a little bit differently than traditional big man, big man, face-to-face. All right, well, let's get into the main event because I love the main event. Uh, I, I, I love the match that they had. I love the fact that we're seeing a change in champion. You know, we talked about Lance Archer for a long time and how he's been booked in AEW. I'm I'm loving the fact that Lance Archer right now has a championship title around his waist. I love the fact it's the IWGP US Championship, which means that we're going to see him defended on AEW Dynamite, but we're also going to see him probably defend this title in Japan as well, where he's already known and recognized. So... First and foremost, congratulations to Lance Archer. We've been talking about Lance Archer for a long time now, how it seems like he's been on the back burner. What's the problem? Um, I went on record to say that maybe he's just too big of a big man in AEW. Um, Moxley was the right fit for him last night. That was a strong match. Moxley could work up to uh, Archer's size, and I did not see Archer working down to Moxley's size. Strong match. Uh, enjoyed it. Um, good physicality. I love the double color. Um, for the sake of Moxley's new child at home, I would not. I would like to see him not take bumps. On the edges of chairs the way he did just because you hit that the wrong way and your spine will be in bad shape for a long time those are the, <clears throat> that's one of those bumps where Dave if you hit like a, a disc a nerve mm. if, if anything can that's like a paralysis type of bump 
You know, you want to you want to face those chairs in where the smooth sides are down, and you want to do that move a lot easier. You're landing on a flat surface. Those lips of those chairs very unforgiving. So that's probably the only thing I would have taken out and changed. But a uh, good hard hitting match. Liked the finish. They're pulling out all the stops. Barbed wire. Two tables for the finish. Big choke slam through. Um, Archer, you knew. IWGP, uh, U.S. champion. And then we get Hikaleo coming into the ring. Now, let me ask you first. When Hikaleo came into the ring, were you buying into him? Did you feel like he was the same type of monster as Lance Archer? I mean, the commentators, and I don't remember who, said about his size, uh, which I thought was... uh, and And honestly, I thought, and this is kudos... Because we've gotten we've gone off on a little bit on AEW production sometimes and camera angles. I thought a good camera angle of the face off between the two, the way that it, that they, it looked like you're seeing two towering guys. I, you know, kudos to AEW camera for doing that. So to answer your question, yeah, I kind of because of what I've seen and what I heard, I did buy in. I did not. Okay, why? I, I felt Hikaleo looked like a little bit of a deer in the headlights. Interesting. Okay. I thought he was a bit slow, and I didn't think that there was any real piss and vinegar to him, and I don't think he had the look in his eyes. Yes, he's a bit... Now, you got to remember, he's very young in the business. He's been around for, uh, I'm going to say, 10 years. On a side note, um, myself, Devon, and his dad, Haku, trained him. So I know what he is from day one. He's a, He's a big... You know, he's a big dude. I would say a little on the shy side when he first came through our doors. <clears throat> I saw that shyness a little bit last night. I probably would have not had him come over the guardrail. I would have not had him get in the ring and went off with that traditional shot. Personally, what I would have loved to have seen them do is Archer holding that championship in the air, roll out of the ring and have Archer take a lap around the ring, holding that championship high. Cause those people would have been popping for Archer getting close to them with that championship. And you would have got a great camera shot. You shoot it wide of Archer going around the ring, going around the ring. And then when he gets to where Hikaleo was sitting, that's where Archer stops because we know Hikaleo is going to get the next shot at the championship. Archer stops and that's when he's standing over Hikaleo, who's still sitting down and looking up at Archer. And now Hikaleo gets up. Now we see him rise from his seat and we get the we get a real crystal clear picture of how tall he really is. And now they're face to face. And I would have shot it that way. It would have been different, and it would have saved Hikaleo from looking a little bit gun shy when he got in there. That's my take on it. And he is a young guy. Like I, I could be wrong. I'm guessing 28, 29 years old, maybe for Hikaleo. I, you know, yeah. he's a young guy. So that is like in in front of that crowd. I, I can see a bit of that. I wasn't really looking at his face. I'm going to go back and kind of look at his eyes and the well, gate. But that's the most important part, yeah. Dave. You're like, I'm not looking at his face. I'm not looking at his eyes. I always do the Vince McMahon Vogue thing. This is where we make our money. 
Archer looked like a madman. He looked like, you know, a bruiser brody s you know, killer. He's got the wide eyes. He's got the blood. He's got the sweat. You know, I know he was just in the match, but, man, it's there with Archer. Yeah. And then here comes Hikaleu. And he's slowly getting over the ropes. And then he walks up to him face to face. It wasn't there. I would have left it all on Archer to do all of the heavy lifting. And then Hikaleo just stands up and gets in Archer's face. And you go off with uh, Shivani and Jim Ross going, my God, look at the size of this kid. This is going to be one hell of a fight. Thank you for tuning in to AEW. Go home. Good night. By the way, you mentioned Lance Archer and, you know, and Jim Ross mentions it too, that Bruder, Bruiser Brody-esque way about him. It really shined last night, even the way he came to the ring. Like, he, he looked like a danger, you know, like get, like the way he was just throwing those kendos, that, you know, reckless abandon. We're seeing a different side to Lance Archer right now. I think finally, Bully, we're going to see that Lance Archer that we were hoping to see seven, eight months ago. Uh, I really hope so, because I know he has it in him. Uh, he was doing that brody S gimmick in New Japan for a while, and it was working. Listen, a lot of guys have tried to copy Bruiser Brody. I think Archer has that, you know, uh, has that feel, and he's got a great look to him, too. And he can work, as you saw last yeah. night. He can work with just about anybody. So hopefully some great things coming out of Archer on AEW Dynamite over the next few weeks. This is Jimmy Smith, voice of WWE Monday Night Raw and host of Unlocking the Cage on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. And I'm here to let you know that Unlocking the Cage is now available as a podcast. That's right. You'll get my take on the trending stories in combat sports and interviews with some of the biggest names in the fight game. I'm bringing you shows every weekday. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the SXM app free for most subscribers. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are golden retrievers. Which means Tubi is more popular than using meat-flavored toothpaste. More popular than never figuring out what W-A-L-K spells. More popular than kicking your leg when a human rubs your belly just right. Tubi. It's more popular than golden retrievers. See you in there. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart. 
Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Gail, how are you this morning? Good. I'm so good. Did you guys watch Slammiversary? Are you guys talking about it? We were just talking about Slammiversary and what's going to happen on Impact Wrestling tonight. Following yes. up a great Slammiversary show. What did you feel about Slammiversary past Saturday? Oh my goodness. It was such a great weekend. And just to have the fans back. And of course we expected them to be off the chain and crazy and everyone be, feel energized, but they were just extra. And we had a really limited crowd, but it didn't feel like it at all. And I just, I want them to stay like that forever. <laughs> Other than the women, Gail, which I, I know you're always extremely high on and you fly the flag for women's wrestling across the board. What else about yeah. Slammiversary really stuck out to you? Honestly, I just love generally that there were surprises and genuine surprises and that things did not get leaked. I think there are some expectations of, say, a Chelsea Green appearing on the pay-per-view, perhaps. I think that was maybe one of the smaller surprises, but... I feel like we did a really good job bringing in a lot of the other promotions, cross-promoting and keeping it a surprise. And I have to tell you, once I did that in-ring promo with Deanna and I was talking about her mystery opponent, how many people side texted me, tweeted me, called me, whatever it was, you know, people within the business, fans. Um, and I was like, don't you guys want to be surprised anymore? It's almost like they forget and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I, yeah, maybe I do want to be surprised. And it's just one of those things we just don't have anymore. And, you know, Thunder Rosa's uh, reaction when you when she came out, I mean, that was genuine surprise. And it's just so refreshing. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised. I mean, will you guys, did you guys feel that way in terms of I, that? I had no idea it was going to be Thunder Rosa. Like oh, I, you, I, you, know, you didn't? I, I did not. Now, Scott, we had Scott Demore on the show, and he kind of hinted yeah. at it, Mickey James, and he hinted at it, Chelsea Green, even did a little iconic little drop there as well. I, I honestly had no idea that it was going to oh. be Thunder Rosa. Happy, by the way, happy birthday to Thunder Rosa. She celebrates. Oh, happy birthday, birthday, Thunder Rosa. Yeah. That's just like <laughs> too, too nice, Gail Kim. You know, I'm not a big <laughs> fan of Thunder Rose. I respect her, but I'm not a big fan. How about the LaGreca chants during the Thunder Rose? I heard. I mean, I was I was uh, producing that match, so I didn't actually hear the chants. I just read about it later. But I think that that's cool that an outside storyline makes it w their way in into such a small crowd too. But um, yeah, it's it was amazing. And the Jay White at the end, yes, I think everybody was shocked about that too. I think that was probably the number one surprise, I would say, kind of. Uh, in terms of reaction, for me, I thought it was the women, but I'm not really positive. It's hard to gauge when you're backstage, you know, and you're not out there. So, Gail, talk to us a little bit about the producing role that you're yeah. in now. 
How yes. is your how is your mindset different now helping other women put matches together as opposed to your mindset when you were putting your own stuff together? Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I love it. I love putting my own stuff together. Oh, sorry, my alarm. <laughs> Shut your phone off, gal. We're I live. did. Shut okay, your phone so- off, gal. <laughs> Um, so I love putting my own stuff together, of course, but I love putting, I just love match make, um, forming matches, creating matches, storytelling, all that. And a lot of it, I always say this and I'm not going to, I don't want to always give him a big head, but you know, Bubba taught me a lot, like so much, all these little things that kind of stick with you, the advice you get throughout the career, your, your career. And, you know, there's a couple of people who are always very straight up and uh, straightforward with me and direct. And that was like Bubba. Um, AJ was one of those guys I went to after matches too, because he was very direct as well. Jay Lethal, you know, um, and just certain pieces of advice uh, stick with you. But with storytelling, that's where Bubba came in and he always kind of taught me, I'd watch him and see how he um, controlled the crowd, you know, and those are all, and I find myself repeating the same things to the talent that I heard from Bubba. I'm telling them the same things, you know, so it's interesting. But how how do the other women react to you? Because when they want to do their own thing and then you think of, well, I think this would work better. Is it more difficult to communicate these days? Do you find that talent is more set in their ways and they feel like they have to do something, have to do something? Or is it a good rapport, a good give and take where they're, where they're very willing to take the knowledge that you have based on your success and apply it to their matches? I think they're very open-minded. I will say it's kind of this, uh, if, any, if there's any headbutting going on, it's more of me trying to integrate storytelling and teaching them, you know, having this generation combined with the generations of the past and explaining to them, you don't have to work. They're, they're looking for a pop, you know, they're looking for that move pop. They're looking for that reaction. And I always tell them, you want to be memorable. That's what you want to have a match that like five, 10, 15 plus years down the line, you're going to say, oh my God, remember that Gail Kim and Bully Ray match, you know, like, that's what I remember. People are not going to remember the move you did because it was a great move and it got on Twitter and, you know, the highlight reel. Uh, that means nothing. <laughs> you know, people are going to forget about those things. You want lasting feelings and memories. And that's ultimately what I try to convey with them. And I think the girls are very open minded. I think it's a, uh, a relationship of trust. Um I am very much all about they are the creators of, you know, they're the artists. It's their match. But if I feel strongly I'm a stickler for psychology, uh, I I will tell them, OK. And if they're fighting me a little bit and they're really feeling stubborn and I remember those days, I'll say, OK, you know what? If you feel that strongly about it, you go ahead and do it because I want you to feel your match and feel good about your match. Um, and then, you know, ultimately they could win the argument or I could win the argument or it's, you know, it's just a learning experience. Really. It's a learning curve to get better from that point. I just, I love producing matches. It's, I found a new passion within this business, you know, you know, Gail, you mentioned about a match that would be remembered. I always talk about this on Twitter because it's one of those matches that I watch over and over again. (laughs) And it was a match from Slammiversary in Boston in 2013 with you and Taryn Terrell. Because mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest example of what you're talking about. Emotional investment, telling a story in the ring. And I think it's vastly underrated. And I believe if that match took place in the world of the WWE, just let's say, 
and it was in mm-hmm. TNA. I think it would be one of the greatest women's matches of all time. Do you agree with that? I mean, of course, we would love it to be on a bigger platform, I guess, than I mean, it was pretty slammiversary back then, though, in front of that Boston crowd. I, I'm very satisfied with it. The fact that you're talking about it right now, I mean, it's still a great thing. And I think whenever uh, other wrestlers bring it up, it's it's great that they're if I just even say Taryn and my last knockout standing match, people know what I'm talking about. So I'm very proud of that. I uh, that's all I wanted for my career was to have those memorable matches and with Kong, with Taryn, uh, even with Tessa, I'm very happy with that last match that I had to close the door on my career. I, um, I'm, I'm satisfied. Uh, of course you always would like it to be on the biggest, biggest level possible, but um, I don't know. I would hope that wrestling fans are familiar with it and I, I'm happy. I'm satisfied. Gail, um, I want to talk to you about the representation of the Impact World Championship right now. Uh, I know that there are some TNA talent who are very much frustrated with the situation. And no matter how many people say, oh, no, this is great. This is really working. How do you feel about Kenny as the Mm -hmm. Impact World Champion? And how do you feel about Impact talent being able to get the rub or the the right rub from this situation with the working relationship between impact and aew um i think it's i'm okay with kenny being our champion right now i think it's been beneficial i think we've been doing it now since when did kenny start a couple months ago right and i feel like it's only been a positive outcome so far. The fans are loving it. And ultimately that is who you want to please. So I, I, I haven't seen anything negative. Uh, people, if anything, it's just growing and growing. This last anniversary was an indication of how much it's growing. People are so excited that they got representation. I think they named from four different companies uh, all on one show. Um, and impact is the one that's kind of, the central part of all that, which is great. I think, um, I think as long as in the end, you know, we, we're getting the benefit of it, but I don't feel like the boys are upset about it in any way. Um, what was the last part of your question in regards to that? No, you, you answered the question. It's just about how impact really benefits from these relationships. Like, Because if we just go back to Slammiversary, what's the last yeah. thing we see? We see Kenny Omega, the AEW guy who is the impact champion, and yes. Jay White as the surprise. So we're focusing yeah. on an AEW guy and a New Japan guy. To me, yeah. uh, that concerns me a little bit for impact. And listen, I spent 10 years there. I have every right to feel a concern for a company that... I had success in, and I spent more time in than, than any other company on the planet. I guess okay. the positive spin is that it is taking place in an impact ring, but when you yes. take these guys out of the equation and when you guys are left alone, my, my concern is will impact be more over as a company if you took guys like Kenny or Jay White out of the equation? I think if they do things right, and I do trust the creative and management process right now, um, I think they've done a really good job. I mean, just a couple of years ago, people hated us (laughs) for years. I mean, it was very hard to get that 
stink off, we'll call it, right? And we've been making strides now and we're getting viewers back. We're getting people talking about it. I just recently talked to a guy um, who has a, a store, a wrestling store, and he was talking about how he can see the difference in sales and people asking for impact merchandise. And it's, we're making those steps. And I think it's been so positive. And I think as long as they intertwine all these stories, and I, like I said, I trust the creative team. They, they're great. Any person that's on our roster is used. You know, that's what I love about this company. If you have a contract with our company, you're being used. And that in turn creates a very positive locker room. People are not feeling like, oh my God, you know, competitive or backstabber or whatever you want to call it, the drama. Everyone feels good because they're doing what they love, right? So I think ultimately I would trust this management team right now, the creative team. And I think we're making the the moves in the right direction. Yes. Well, one person you don't have to worry about and somebody, like Mm -hmm. I said earlier in the show is waving the flag for impact wrestling and has been a great world champion is Deanna Perrazzo. And she had an awesome match with Thunder Rosa uh, at Slammiversary this past Saturday. Talk about your relationship with Deanna Perrazzo. And again, this is somebody that, and Bully and I talked about this a lot. WWE could not find a place for. And yes. now here she is going to Impact Wrestling. We're a year later after her release, and she's been an outstanding champion for Impact. Yes. Very, very outstanding. Very uh, solid, great, reliable, everything. She's taking that ball and she's running with it. And, you know, if 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 anyone can really relate to her and how she feels and coming from WWE and um, not being used or feeling that you have talent to give to this company, um, I can. And it's been great. I I feel the same emotions. I can see it, you know, almost looking at her and um, seeing her confidence grow and seeing her. It's night and day. I mean, it changes everything. It changes how you feel. It changes how you look, uh, how hard you work, you know, that motivational factor. Um, When people believe in you, you know, it's just it's a whole different ballgame. And um Impact has always been that great platform for women and they haven't stopped. I think if anything, it's, I feel like it's at its biggest point right now. The the reactions we're getting and the interest we're getting in the knockouts division is just amazing. And there's so many girls and I mean, yes, a lot of them are cross promoting right now, but we're probably going to see a few more faces. I mean, good faces. So interesting. Interesting. Oh, a few more faces. So when are you coming out of retirement? (laughs) <laughs> I this is what I said to Scott the more when they asked me <laughs> or the creative team asked me I'm like okay well I'm a company girl I'll never say no so I just I need some Kurt Angle money right, to come out of retirement okay so there is there is a number that would get you back in the ring is yeah, it's never gonna happen Bubba. and then I just wait a minute it. Wait, hold on, hold on. So this week we're at TVs and it, they always joke around about it. It's like a daily joke. And so I changed it from Kurt Angle money to John Cena. That's a lot of money. <laughs> it's, in my mind. it's not Kurt Angle money anymore. It's John Cena money. All right. So you had your last match with Tessa Blanche. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, Listen, you, know, I, you know, it's just I'm. I, it, it would have to. It would take a lot. Doing. Yeah. Forget about if the money you, for a second. Okay, Bubba understands, feel- though. Bubba understands yeah. if you had closure on your career, final match, you close that door. It would take a lot for you to come out, right? And, 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 and check this out, Gail. 
Your yeah. your last time in a ring was a big deal. My last time in the ring was very much forgettable. It was in a Ring of Honor ring um, against a, a younger kid named Eli Isom, which I really like. And that's the last time I was in a ring. But I'm just like, yeah, whatever. It's all good. I haven't jonesed for for wrestling the way other wrestlers do because I when I look at myself in the mirror, I'm like, I did everything. I'm cool with it. it just the way you have, you're having a blast being a producer for impact yeah. i have a blast being on this show and kind of yes telling you're it like it is. but how yes. do you feel physically because i know you went through a lot physically do you feel like your body is fully healed no <laughs> okay. i work i work my ass off every day of the week to make my day-to-day -day very normal so people who see me they probably ask me to come out of retirement because i appear normal but um I know if I had a match, I mean, I I could I'm probably one or two matches away from another back surgery. So and and when you use the word normal, Dave, allow me to assure you, Gail is not normal in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> what does that mean? She's a very unique personality. So are you, Bubba? So are you, <laughs> uh, Gail? Um, I, I do want to talk about an appearance that you're making on Saturday, yes. and it's in my backyard in Lafayette, New Jersey. You're going to be at Pandora's Box uh, yes. from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. If you've never been to Lafayette, New Jersey, it's a beautiful town, and it, it really is uh, with antique shops right around that area. It's it's an awesome place for people who are outside that want to travel in for this appearance, but, but talk about being in front of the fans on Saturday and what you're going to be doing at Pandora's box this Saturday. Yeah. So I have a virtual the night before for people who can't make it, but of course the New Jersey, New Jersey, New York area, or whoever can drive in, I'll be there for two hours. Uh, I don't think I've been, I'm sure I've been there for wrestling, right, Bubba? I mean, I'm sure we've been in that area, every part of Jersey, right? Sure. Uh, wrestling no, so no this is like th i'm telling you this is like the middle of nowhere new jersey okay this is okay. like scenic farmland steer and cows new jersey this is oh yeah. okay. it's a little bit different than this is in hoboken you know or newark okay this is, okay you know, this i is haven't been for a while so i don't know the areas that well but um i'm just happy to see the fans again uh hopefully uh everything i know there's another covid kind of thing going around but i'm vaccinated guys fully vaccinated so i feel okay at least i know it's not impossible to get again but truly excited to be in front of the fans because i know you know at slammiversary the the workers got to be in front of the fans i kind of was behind the scenes so it's going to be nice to be face to face with everyone and also i wanted to talk about we are back in nashville in august august 15th to the 17th and so uh we're gonna have fans again for impact so if you're in the area Check that out, too. How do you feel about Bound for Glory being in Vegas? Oh, I'm so excited. I, everyone's just excited to travel again in general. So um, I don't know what venue we're going to be at this time, but I'm looking forward to seeing what the card's going to be because I think just based off a of Slammiversary, because it's only a couple of months away now, I think it's going to be interesting, to say the least. So I'm excited to see who Deanna's opponent is going to be for this one. Interesting. I so think you know who Deanna's opponent's going to be for this one. <laughs> no, I'm not creating Bubba. That is a misconception. I do not know. I do not know. I did know Thunder Rosa, though. I will. I, I did know that, of course. 
And Thunder Rosa is, you know, part of NWA. NWA is having NWA in power with Mickey James, who made an appearance, trying to recruit mm-hmm. Deanna Perrazzo to be a part of it. So it is a, a very good time for women's wrestling outside the world of the WWE. Oh, my gosh. It's so great. Um, I I don't know. I don't watch all wrestling outside of Impact because there's a lot of wrestling going on. But um, I think AEW's got a great number of women who are talented i'm not sure what they're doing with the women's division right now over there can you guys fill me in like i'm not sure but i know there's a lot of girls and stronger it was when they first started they thought the weakest part of aew was their women's division and i don't think you can say that anymore it's getting a lot stronger well that's good that's really good to hear because i know that they weren't you know being totally showcased, but I think that if they're making their steps in the right direction, I know Britt Baker is doing really well over there and uh, have a couple of friends over there. So it's just great to have another company to work for. You know, I just love seeing the success of AEW and I love that they're on that level and they're willing to uh, do the cross promotions. I think that that's just shows that they're in it for the whole game, you know, for, for the wrestling fans ultimately. One of the questions that I ask um, many people is about what they would like to see change in any particular company that they're working for in the short term. If Scott Demore were to come to you tomorrow and say, okay, Gail, we're going to make one change to any aspect of this company so we can get better, what would your answer be? Oh, man. Oh, that's really tough. That's what I do. Crab cakes and tough questions. <laughs> Crab cakes. Come on, you have a great mind for the business. It's a line I'm trying to think. Stop yelling at me. I'm not yelling at you. I just talk loud. Don't yell back. You're yelling now. You're a bully. You're a shoot bully. This is the problem. Oh, man. To get the company better. Um, oh, gosh. I mean, I would just like to get on the road again, to be honest, and go internationally. When we went over to the UK, I think that that was... The production level, everything, just the whole show, the feel. Uh, there were tiring tours, but they were the most gratifying tours. I'd love to see us just just get bigger, bigger in that regard. Um, I think the UK fans would love to see us over there. That's the first step I would take is just going internationally again and just showing the world like how we are on that level as well. Fair enough. All right, seven-time TNA Knockouts champion, former WWE Women's Champion, and TNA Hall of Famer, Gail Kim. Don't forget, Gail Kim will be at Pandora's Box on Route 15 in Lafayette, New Jersey, this Saturday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. But I think I'm I'm thinking about going. I'm going to go. You know, I'm actually going to kind of be in the area, like an hour away. Really? Maybe a a shoot running. I'm going to I'll just spear you in front of everybody. I'll take it. And you won't sell it. You'll just pop up. (laughs) It'll be the best spear you ever gave in your life. That's for sure. (laughs) All right. Let's wrap it up. Pandora's box. Bully, I'm definitely coming. I'm going to try to convince Violetta to come with me. Think she'll go. If she goes, she's got to make Gail some pierogies. Yeah. Pierogies. You're a big pierogi fan, Gail. Anything in a pocket. <laughs> okay. I'll take a dumpling, a pierogi, anything, a calzone. Speaking, speaking of food, speaking of yeah. food, when was the last time Robert cooked you dinner? 
I can't remember. That's how long ago. Wow. It was. <laughs> I could. So, I could. you still using yeah, that sriracha? Oh my gosh. I, I'm staring down my counter right now, and there's a sriracha ketchup there, and there's a sriracha. <laughs> Dave, sriracha Dale puts best. sriracha on everything. Everything. Oatmeal in the morning. Um, I mean, anything, really. Gail, Gail. It's the best. Gail cook, huh? Gail, Gail's a great cook, huh, Bully? I can cook. He doesn't know. How would he know? Because I read your Twitter. Okay, but that doesn't mean you know you haven't tasted my food. I, no, no, I haven't tasted. Why don't you invite me and Dave over for dinner one night? Okay, maybe if you're in the area. But you guys okay. live kind of far away from me. Dave will pay for the Yes, price. I would cook. I'll be there. At, I'll be at Lafayette, New Jersey on Saturday okay, okay, from 11 okay. to 1. How about that? Gail, thank you so much for the time. We Thanks, really appreciate guys. it. And, and again, good luck with the uh, meet and greet on Saturday morning. Yes. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Ed Robinson. The associate producer is Gabby Laspisa. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM Podcasts. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.